miss it. There's a lot you don't know about sickle cell disease. That it's not contagious. It's hereditary. That it can be unbearable. That you could have the gene that passes it on to your children. But not even know it. And that there's a simple test so you can know it. Let's face it. There's a lot you don't know about sickle cell disease. And that's a disease too. Call the 211 info line to learn more. You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. Featuring Pod Thrones, Hoopla, and the Shiznit. This is the Red Rock Podcast Network. From Red Rock Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is the Shiznit. And your hosts, Damon Standifer, Charlie Bell, and Dean O'Reilly. Now, put your hands together for the Shiznit. Well, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Shiznit Show. We realize that you have a choice in your podcast listening, and we appreciate you listening to us. A good day, Damon. I'm happy. Are you now? Yes, very happy. (laughs) Sound constipated. (laughs) That's why I'm happy. That's what's making him happy. What? <laughs> okay, Charlie Bell, what's up with you? We up in this pace. Hey, what's going on, people? You know what? Before we get into anything, first we have an announcement that's kind of a big deal. Mm. And um, we owe it all to you people out there. But your favorite podcast, The Shiznit Show, has been nominated for a Black Weblog Award for Best Podcast. Give it up. Woo! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the Webbies, y'all. It's the Webbies. It was an honor just being nominated. <laughs> for real. First of all, I'd like to thank uh, my Heavenly Father. Uh, <laughs> We're up against the Reed, nigga. That's, That's huge. That's major. I, 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 am, I am pleased. Yeah, the Reed, the Black Astronauts podcast, and some other ones, but those two are the biggest. Last time I checked, those were the biggest names up there besides, you know. The read are, the read is huge. Yeah. They're fucking. They're yeah. They're, they're ridiculous. Major. Huge. They're, they're they're they can compete with white people. Huge. That's yeah. how big they are. They inspired me to do, to do the show for real. That was my inspiration. Really? Yep. Shout out to all your inspiration. Well, yeah, that too. That too. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> but seriously though, um, well, how about this? You were my inspiration, and they were the trainers. <laughs> You were the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for real, though, we, we really want to thank each and every one of our, our fans and listeners out there. Um, it is, you know, this is not trying to sound cliche or whatever. It is because of you. It is all, you know, 
we really appreciate your support. And, uh, hey, we're just trying to get better and better, you know. We're doing it for the people. That's right. We're doing it for the people and, and for my uh, mental health. First and foremost, my, First my and foremost. Dino's mental health number one, number two for the people. Right, right, right. <laughs> don't get shit twisted now. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, having a sane and healthy Dino is for the people. <laughs> <laughs> That's for society at large. That's for society at large. Yeah, exactly. We're doing our part yeah. for public safety. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Man, you don't want to hear mad sa- podcaster <laughs> goes postal. Safe and sane Dino Red. <laughs> Man, I, you know. I haven't watched Dancing with the Stars in forever. I watched the first season with my wife, and that was enough for me. That's that's how my <laughs> I have a really short attention span with reality shows, mm-hmm. especially the contest ones. Yeah, and um, but I I I, I was into it this season because I found out Alphonse Alfonso mm-hmm. Alphonse mm-hmm. was going to be on there. Right. Carlton, exactly, and I want to root for him, and I think he's. You know, I think he's the he's the cat to beat, mm-hmm. and so he's uh, a tap dance kid. I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna watch it with you this this season." And she was shocked. She was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah, I want to, you know, I want to root for Carlton." So mm-hmm. I'm watching, <laughs> and uh, so we're watching it, and of course they say him for last, but oh my god, Low Low Jones. Mm-hmm. She should change her name to No No Jones. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no rhythm. Well, yeah. No ass. Mm. No coordinate. No sexuality. No yeah. sensual. No nothing. No. She like. Well, what could you expect from a thirty-eight-year-old virgin? Oh my god. Thirty-six, thirty-eight. Mm. Way too old to be a virgin. Oh my god, and just like, like repressed. It's <laughs> like you yeah. can feel it in the like from the, at the open. Like I'm by far not an expert, you right. know, on this dancing stuff. But oh my god, but I've the, seen you shake the, your ass. The first you got couple, some rhythm, a little bit. But <laughs> I mean, man, the first couple of beats, it was clear that she. I was like, whoa. I mean, it was, was like so horrible. It was, was just. Was she? Was she uh, Master P bad? I didn't see that season, oh. but I remember you telling me your mom used to call him Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, she was like the bride of Master P. <laughs> That's how she really was. She got kicked off the first week. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, I so, read that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to read because I saw some clips about her saying something about she was ashamed and embarrassed or something yeah she did you read that okay tell us about that basically you know she was saying she's a competitor and she felt like she did not give it her best uh uh that she 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 just did so poorly Mm -hmm. and she thought she made a fool of herself and the fact that she's she's, right (laughs) (laughs) yeah and, and the fact that she's uh you know that she she's lost uh like the uh, past couple of Olympics, uh, when right. she was doing the 110 meters and the uh, bobsledding, and the bobsledding, and then yeah. this, she says, like it's it's embarrassing to always be losing a loser. Yeah, to be yeah. a high not not just a loser, but a high profile loser. That's, right. That's, uh, yeah, I'd imagine that would be embarrassing. But I mean, you have to go into this type of competition with a light heart. You can't take that shit seriously. You have to, you know. Yeah. But I feel like I do really feel like getting some. I don't know. If she's. I'm a, I mean, she needs some dick. I, that's what I. Was, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it does really bring a whole new meaning to the word rhythm. When once once you 
get some good fucking. You're like, okay, now I see where this or titter to Africa, something. So maybe she needed to take a trip to the motherland, get back to some drums. You know, she's too. She's separated from her primal self. That's why she couldn't. You know, she had no animalistic feeling to it. I so. think she's a maybe she perhaps she's a white chick masquerading in a black woman's body. Come on, you are. <laughs> Oh, she, she, what? <laughs> I'm, hey, I didn't disagree. I mean, you already said she had no ass. None. She, she's black. No acetal. She's black. <laughs> yeah. She's got. She's suffering from no acetal. No acetal. No acetal. Yeah. That. Yeah. But uh, she. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, you know, people like that. I mean, athletes at that level are highly competitive. Right. So the idea that right. you can't you can't do something. Uh, but it, she knew the, she didn't have no goddamn rhythm when she went on that show. Yeah, maybe she did. Yeah, maybe you kind of have to know that yeah. by that age. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's certain things like I would participate in for fun, but not expecting to win. I, you know? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's like, oh, can you? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. You know, this is. You know, if, right. if you're an athlete, you probably think, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Jerry Rice did it. I can do it. You know. Right. And the funny thing <laughs> is, and, and athletes, um, like my wife said, you know, she watches it all religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to do better because for for if for, if for nothing else, they are fifty um, percent ahead of the game because right, most people fit. right mm-hmm. right it's yeah it's it's, all, it's rigorous mm-hmm. it's very rigorous yeah. and so most people they have to get in shape first or while they're learning to dance at the same time the athletes don't generally have that problem they're already fit so all they have right. to do is worry about learning the dance steps so plus they, they have a head start plus they have the work work ethic right and they're that hi- too. highly disciplined I mean, yeah at that level yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so yeah they have a lot going for them hmm. generally and then and then some of them like uh like uh christy yamaguchi uh, mm-hmm. uh who's an ice skater Right. Uh, they they do stuff that's highly choreographed anyway. Right. So right. learning, I mean, even though it's not the same thing, they're used yeah. to. Right. You know, the Dancing with the Stars to me is the premier example of how I'm just totally out of touch with American pop culture. Because when I <laughs> first heard the concept, I was like. No way that's going to work. Yeah, I was, It's like cop rock all over again. I was like, this sounds like the most fuck. This is the worst concept ever in the history of TV. But, but at the same time, because I know that I'm so out of touch with pop culture, I was like, this is either going to be the hugest failure in fucking television or it's going to be like a smashing success. I knew it was going to be one oh, yeah, of the, the two. Yeah, the, the uh, Charles Dickens theory. Yeah. yeah you cover your ass. Yeah. The best of times, the worst of times. One of those. I knew, I, but I knew because it was so repulsive to me, it was either going to be a, there was a chance that it was going to be a huge success right. you know, that explains all of television to me now. <laughs> no, seriously seriously I'm like this show is still on certain shows like you guys have a confession to make oh I used to watch Love and Hip Hop, Atlanta, New York, all of them. But I can't watch those shows anymore. Like, I literally feel like my soul is dirty after I watch <laughs> any type of Love and Hip Hop type of show. Yeah. Well, I told you, my, my HSP won't let me watch that type of stuff. I What's can't. That? My HSP? Oh, and, yeah, the highly sensitive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I can't because the, the, all the emotion, of the yelling and the drama right, and, and all the that stuff. is just the dumb shit. Yeah, it, 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 I can't. You want to punch motherfuckers? I can't. I can't. Yeah. yeah. I literally can't watch it. I know. <laughs> Me too. I'm just like, so, I feel. Even if I liked it, I couldn't watch it. So, I yeah. think I don't like it. Yeah. It's uh, bad. <clears throat> oh, well. Better luck next time, Lolo. <laughs> Lolo. <laughs> he said no, no. No, no. <laughs> just no. Just no. Just no, no. Uh, 
But uh, you, yeah, you know she is she's uh, she's she's mixed race, right? But, oh, is she? Yeah. No, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, her mother's her mother's German. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah, oh. she takes that. Look at you. Side. You're like that explains. Yeah, that explains some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what it does explains some shit. Yeah. Her mother, her mother's German, and her father was absent, so that's. Uh, yeah, they they grew up. Uh, they grew up uh, uh, basically uh, poor. They were borderline homeless a lot, and uh, it's part. That's part of what fueled her drive. Where's she from? Uh, the Pacific Northwest. Um, I'm, I'm either Washington or Oregon. I forget which one. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And so she basically that fueled her drive. And that's one of the reasons why she's like, there's like no endorsement. She would turn down <laughs> because she was one of those people. It's like, I'm never going to be poor again. Does she have a lot of endorsements? Cause I don't, uh, I don't know. She did. She, spe- did. she did, especially yeah. during the Olympics. Okay. And she, uh, she got a lot of, uh, you know she she's she's good looking, mm-hmm. and so she, uh, that was one of the, one of the controversies with her fellow track athletes. They they were pissed off. It was like the Anacorda and COVID thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. She hasn't won anything, but all the attention's paid to her. Yeah, yeah. there's a um a, bo- a volleyball woman that's going through that right now too. Mm-hmm. Except I think she's actually um, her team is actually winning, mm-hmm. and they're still upset that she's getting all the attention. I wish I could remember her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's she's really hot, and they're making a big deal out of how hot she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, it's always the same. I mean. Look who's the only uh, successful uh, media person to come out of the WNBA is Lisa Leslie. You know, she wouldn't have been, uh, you know, she's definitely attractive. They're better better looking WNBA players than uh, Lisa Leslie. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a. uh, Now, not when she was coming up. (laughs) Well, yeah, you do have a point. You do have a point. Now. yeah. No, I, I can't remember the girl's name, but I, uh, there was a girl who played for Washington that I thought was uh, better looking than. Uh, but I think she's right though. She yeah. back in her day, she was considered pretty much the one of the hottest chicks in the NBA. And I wouldn't even say hot. I think it's also about meeting certain feminine standards. You know, standards of, of traditional femininity. You know, mm. like, uh, well. Never mind. I'll let you no, know. go ahead. No, no, Say it. No, I was like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to um, jump the gun to our next topic. Oh. But um, you know. <laughs> so are, now, when you say, uh, uh, are you talking just black WNBA players or uh, white WNBA players? Or, or I mean, <laughs> as far as as far as you know, becoming uh, stars because of their looks. No, I'm just saying. I think that that's just a um, a theme in sports is mm-hmm. that women have that double um, that 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 issue of yeah, celebrating just, women for their appearance and their you know how close they are to traditional femininity versus mm-hmm. their actual success, achievement, mm-hmm. and athletic prowess. I mean, mm-hmm. same thing with you know Chris Everett versus Martina Navratilova back in the day. You know, right. Nat- Martina was the best female tennis player ever. Pretty much, yeah. and you know, but Chris Everett had the weedy box and the. Well, Chris, you know. Chris Everett was. I mean, there was a point when they were they were equal, and then Chris Everett kind of, then Martina just kind of, uh, just zoomed on past her. But they were, right, but I'm still. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when they were equal, she, but she was. Yeah, yeah, Chris Everett was considered. Uh, what do you call it? They uh, weren't put it this way. They weren't given the big dike, no yeah. goddamn <laughs> weedy box. Okay, <laughs> they just weren't in the '70s. It wasn't happening. Eat weedies, you will look like me. <laughs> They they wasn't having it. Yeah, especially if she wasn't, you know, lipstick. Right. You know. So, but yeah. So anyway, so yeah, we got a pretty good show for you guys coming up today. As usual, we got a 
a fresh new back in the day. Although I have to confess, I wasn't really feeling y'all music that much. <laughs> Just goes, show, just goes to show you had fucked up upbringing. Your parents didn't raise you right. But um, well, but I, it's but, not about you. Actually, it is. Oh. <laughs> right, our childhood memories right. are about you. Exactly, <laughs> it's about the music that I like from your childhood. Right? Well, you should have told us that was the criteria. That's always the criteria. <laughs> You should know this by now. Oh, damn. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> so we got that. And then the only thing we have on docket today is just, just straight foolishness, just all celebrity crap. Uh, no heavy issues, no, no seriousness uh, whatsoever. So <laughs> with that said. News and nobody. You didn't even ask me about my dating life. Because I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> you, you walked right in. <laughs> you got something chambered? So you got something really good? Cause, or you got the usual, well, not much. No predates or anything. <laughs> I went on a date last Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So. And News and noteworthy. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. So this- Film at 11. Charlie Bell went on a date. <laughs> So anyway, it was interesting. It was awkward. Really? Yeah. Why was it awkward? Because this guy we met at a party. He's like really cute. Mm-hmm. We had a good time. Uh-huh. He asked me on a date. Mm-hmm. We hung out. So this is a date or a pre-date? This is a date date. Okay. Yeah, a date. So how can we hear about this dude during the pre-date? Because we skipped over pre-date. Oh, we went I didn't know you date. could do that. Did you know you could do that, Damien? Yeah, of course you can do that. Of course yeah. you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pre-date is when you don't know if you want to date the person. <sighs> I'm still trying to figure out these fucking pre-date rules or whatever. I don't know. A pre-date is when you're figuring out if you want to date the person. I still think a pre-date is a post-date. Well, for the <laughs> for the guy, a pre-date is a date. Right. He just don't know. know that it's a, exactly. <laughs> he just don't right. know that it's a pre-date. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> that's what I suspected. Okay, yeah. now that that's cleared up, go ahead and finish mm-hmm. with the with the date. date. That's your definition. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this that's date. the guy's definition, right? <laughs> so it was nice. We had a nice little time, but then he. Where'd you go? Um, I'm gonna leave that detail out. We just had some cocktails at by the beach. I'll leave it at that. But um, so he had some. You had some cock. He had some tail. Uh, uh, I'll leave that detail out too. <laughs> but no, he had a, he has a girl. He's he has a girlfriend. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. That's what made it awkward. But actually, what made it even more awkward was I didn't I didn't know this obviously when the date initiated. Okay, but, well, that was going to be the next question. Right. No, but he 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 felt like he had to confess, right? Which is like appreciated. I was like, okay. So well, maybe he was on a pre date then. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like yeah. Well, now he's on a post date, <laughs> on a no date, because, and that was bad enough. I was like, okay, well, I get it. It happens, you know. I don't know what your situation is. I really don't want to know what your situation is. But he felt compelled to give me more and more information about the girlfriend to the point where I was like, what? I felt like it was really, it wasn't a date or a pre-date. It you seemed make like me want to leave the one I'm with. No, it seemed more like a new. therapy session for his relationship. <laughs> I was like, I really don't want to fucking hear about your girlfriend. <laughs> So like, this guy named Usher. 
I don't know what. I don't know what. I don't even know what his real name is. <laughs> so wow. Anyway. So he went on a date with you and mm-hmm. and turned into a therapy session about uh, what's all that's wrong with his current his real girlfriend. No, that was not even the pro- the problem. It was all it was right. He ca- he was telling me how great she was, how hot she was, how smart she was. How so what's fly- he doing with you? That's what I'm wondering. So you didn't ask him. I was like, nigga, what you doing here? I didn't care at that point. <laughs> didn't care. I'm like, well, it's a good thing you have somebody good to go back home to. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Oh, wow. But I did ask him if he had any cute friends. Uh, <laughs> just to make it crystal clear. Yeah. That, like there was nothing else going on. Right? Yeah. So, I think he probably knew once he decided to tell you he had a girlfriend that his chances were probably over. A lot of women are fine with being the side chick. Sometimes it's it's it works for your lifestyle. Really? Not for me, but Uh, for some for a lot mm, of women. I knew you had a chick on the side. But you had a chick on the side. (laughs) side. Hey, that's in the next segment. (laughs) (laughs) My mom used to sing that song. (laughs) (laughs) She did. But hey, speaking of dating <laughs> and relationships and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie, I know, I know, Damon uh, hasn't gotten into Orange Is the New Black. Are you? I, in- I, I watched the first season. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, you are kind of into it. Yeah. You just got to catch up on the second season. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> I liked the first season. I watched the first episode of the second season. Didn't like it and haven't felt compelled to, mm, to pick it up. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. What about you, Charlie Bell? I have not watched it. At all? At all. Wow. But I do but mm-hmm. I do have a lot of lesbian friends who keep me informed <laughs> via via black Twitter. <laughs> Every fucking thing that's going on on Orange is the New Black. <laughs> oh, so then you probably already heard about one of the writers Oh yeah, I saw that. leaving her husband mm-hmm. for pussy. I I pussy. Pussy. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear about that. that. Sounds like the way Jimmy Walker was said. Pusey. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Walker or uh, 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 Freddie Boom Boom Washington. <laughs> ah, Mrs. Pusey. <laughs> That's funny. Like they were married two years, mm-hmm. um, and they were only married like a few months when she got the gig, like five mm-hmm. months or so, mm-hmm. and she, through writing for the show or whatever, she says she discovered that she's gay uh-uh. filed for divor- divorce <clears throat> and now she's dating the actress that plays pussy bitch you knew you liked pussy before <laughs> you fucking started writing on this goddamn oh, show we all like pussy well, she's like, oh, oh you're talking about her oh okay <laughs> she's not young so I'm wondering like why now you know what I mean she's not old yeah. well, but will, she's not young I will say and again I don't, I don't it's not my place to represent, you know, the for, gay culture. Right. But you do it so well, according to Pip Lily. <laughs> I think you have a, um, a, a a gay card that you can. A gay card? <laughs> yeah, you got an honorary gay card. <laughs> well, I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored. But can, Pip, um, can Pip speak speak for lesbians? I think he can. He oh, he, he speaks for all the, he speaks for straight women. That's for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Pip. He sure um, the hell does. What a Pip. <laughs> But, um, no, I mean, like, okay, I think that is more of a common pattern that, um, in 
lesbian lives is that they'll they have different phases a lot of lesbians do um have relationships with men early and you know probably for a lot of the same reasons that other women do they want to have kids they want right, to have right, family. Right, right. i understand all that but know. in this day and age and then you also said early she looks to be 30 to me at yeah, least yeah, mid 30s I, I right mean, yeah right and she gets married and then like, I just don't get it. I don't. Well, that's what I'm I don't, saying. This is kind of the second weird. phase of her adult life, and she's doing something different. I don't know. It, it just. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's easier to understand someone who says that I've always felt this way. I've always been attracted right. to the same sex, and it didn't. It, the impression I got was that uh, she is not. Not that she didn't. You know that that she was like uh, gay, but trying to conform. It was more like. Oh, oh, I'm gay. Yeah, I. I'm what the fuck? Tra- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that could happen. I mean, I think you know people's. Um, well, I some mean, people's sexuality is very fluid in that way, but I think that the part I don't like about it is just the whole shit was just messy. You know, it's the same. Nigga, you gay? <laughs> hey, I have to get my therapist you. on. Uh. Be you. <laughs> but um. No, I mean, I think the whole shit is just messy. Like, don't have a messy public affair. I just, I, I find that so distasteful. This is my conservative side coming out. Well, like, no, I no, still... no, 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 hold on, hold on, okay, hold on. Sorry. They, they didn't say it's an affair. It says she filed for divorce and then started dating. And they also said the divorce seemed to be amicable. So. Okay, well, it, whatever. It doesn't seem like she didn't create a big mess, whatever. So, you know. I just feel like anytime you're, you're transitioned from one relationship to another is public to me. That's messy. I don't want to see it. You know, like I still have, I just, I still harbor negative yeah, feelings well, about Brad and Angelina. Cause I thought that whole thing was so messy. But you can't, you can't blame her for that. I mean, I would, I'm sure if it was up to her, it'd be private. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you're going to date a character on a fucking major, like, show it is not going to be private i mean it is her fault she knew when you date one of the main actors on the show that you're the writer for. okay so wait so you're saying because she knows that the the tabloids or whoever else is going to report on it that she has to put her life on hold for what some ex- arbitrary arbitrary acceptable amount of time before she can go ahead with her relationship Yes, that's what I'm saying. No, no. <laughs> yes, bitch. I don't like it. Hold the fuck up. What's oh, done in the dark don't come no. to the light. No, I'm no, I mean, whatever. Do you? But yeah. I'm just saying, personally, I don't like seeing people's relationship dramas play out in public. That's yeah, what, but that's, that's why what you have to stop watching. That's my. But that's my point, though. That. That's not always their choice. That's true. I. I don't. I. I don't disagree. And in with fact, you. I say most times it's not their choice. And, I'm, and I would bet the messier it is, the more they wish it wasn't out in, in, uh, in public, you know? Some people uh, seem to just not give a fuck, like Charlie Sheen. Yeah, some people. Yeah. And, you know, yes. and those and those people in love and hip hop, those type people, whatever, that, I mean, that's what they signed up for. You know what well, going they're sell- in. they're selling drama. That's right. different. That's right. Different. Exactly. So yeah. that's different. Well, look, I hope they're happy together. And oh, so this is this goes this is back to what I was I didn't want to jump the gun earlier, but Pusey, like Pusey, she's she's kind of like a hot sex symbol in the lesbian community. Is she? Oh yeah, I think they could do better. Ooh. What? I she's just, got a, she's got a commercial out. I, I just uh, yeah, saw. she's not bad, but I just I think they could do better. Okay, well, hmm. I think they know what they like. <laughs> hey, if, if that's their you know they 
you know, they put the bar wherever they want. I'm just saying. So to speak. <laughs> Have you, has anybody they put the seen, balls out of the court. <laughs> this is tangentially related. Has anyone seen the, the real Piper Kerman? Yeah, I've seen her. Uh-huh. Okay, she looks a, a lot like her character. Like, really? Does she? Yeah, Maybe you, I... You sure you saw her then? Yeah, yeah no, I saw her. She's, I saw her, and I... The, the I mean the I mean they're both wasps, but the uh, the the television one is just so thin and and emaciated, and the other one is, is uh, yeah isn't the isn't is, the is real like, one kind of like thick? Not on the side by side. I just saw a, uh, what I thought was a recent picture. I don't know uh-huh. how you know, but they had the whole cast of what they look like you know on the show and off the show, which is not much difference between most of them. And then at the end, they had a picture of the two of them together, and they look like they could pass for real life siblings. I mean, they look mm-hmm. more alike than some siblings, as far as I'm concerned. The biggest difference was that the actress uh, is, you know, about three or four inches taller, mm. but they they looked a lot alike. Mm. So, well, I guess I just don't give enough of a fuck about the show. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes your honorary lesbian card, <laughs> been no, <laughs> given no. and revoked in the same day. <laughs> grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> Did y'all hear about um, rapper Waka Flocka Flame? Yes, his new jobs creation bill. <laughs> Wait, word, what the hell? What? Did anybody know what's up with that name? Because I, no, I barely, but- I've barely heard of this guy. Like you know, fairly recently. I don't really. I'm not even going to pretend like I know like what? a lot about him. He go hard in the motherfucking paint, nigga. What you think, nigga? Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh my god, he's. Well, you're looking at the wrong person. <laughs> Your ass is still coming up with Jimmy Walker references. You, you just had a Freddie Boom Boom Washington reference. I know you're not a Waka Flagga. Shoot. Waka Flagga's fine. I would. I would if I could roll blunts. He'd roll his blunt. If I could roll blunts, I would smoke his blunt. No, but um. But then they say Seth Rogen got hired. So is that like a joke? Because how Seth Rogen gonna work for him rolling blunts for fifty k? Yes. I'm sure that the whole thing. Like yeah, a joke. that sounds like a joke. Yeah, I'm sure the whole thing is publicity. Stuff. Yeah, like so probably even even the whole offering the job to begin with was probably a joke. Of course it was. Just uh, something for publicity people stuff. to talk about. But can you imagine filling out your tax return? <laughs> <laughs> Blunt roller. Yeah, you better fill out your tax return. <laughs> Man. But did you see some of the resumes fools were sending in? Mm-mm. I mean, I saw some of the the, the Twitter pics. You well, know. yeah, that's what that, those were the resumes. Okay, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was impressed. I was like, this this person could be a professional blunt roller. But actually, it's funny because um, go ahead. No, I was going to say I'd want somebody from Cuba, from the Dominican Republic. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's good. That's, that's the real highest good. echelon. Of- yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's good thinking. That's good OG black rolling. Yeah. But then you have to deal with immigration and shit. Well, yeah. you know, just have them come through Mexico. Everything will be fine. Tell them you're, <laughs> that you're, you're, being, you're being tortured by, uh, right. by Mexican drug cartels. Right. <laughs> they Highly coveted for your skill set. <laughs> Get you an S one in one visa or whatever. <laughs> Get you a green card. A green card. <laughs> a rolling green a rolling card. Green card right? <laughs> wow. But hey, yeah. You know um, what? I have to admit that I, when I was, I looked them up and mm-hmm. I heard. Uh, I can't remember which song, mm-hmm. but I heard one of his songs. Mm-hmm. 
It was, it was nice. Yeah. It was nice. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll put a mental note. So I have to come back and check him out and see if I like some of his shit. But yeah. But the, what's, what's the, you, you don't know what's up with that name? Waka Flocka Flame? I don't know Waka, what. Sound like so, uh, so. um, what is it? Wanderama. Kids oh, are people oh, to Waka Do, Waka Flame, Waka Waka. See, you guys, I've been feeling young on your on this show. I don't know. And, and that's our goal. We want, we want to make Charlie Bell feel you think You think, wait, you know what? I'm about to just fucking blow this shit up today. But when we get to the back in the day segment, I'm about to blow this shit up and it, it just be like throwing down the gauntlet. If you ain't 50, then fuck it. Then you don't need to be listening to this show. <laughs> if you ain't 50 plus. Don't say that. Stop alienating our. Well, you want stuff that we heard when we were kids. <laughs> stop uh, stop alienating our pre-menopausal listeners. I'm sick of that. And, and you should. And. and and um, you should know that reference, so I don't know what you're tripping off of, because you, you you're you know not that much younger than me. So I didn't say I was a lot younger than you, but I feel a lot younger than you because you guys. You I don't be, I don't be knowing do, half the do, shit you guys are talking about. Do, honestly, do, I don't. you don't know you don't know Wonder Rama. What is know. that? It was a kid show, right? In, in it was a kid the, show, uh, early seventies, and uh, yeah, they would basically play games, kind of like a Mickey Mouse Club type of thing or something like oh. that. Oh. Speaking, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was doing my research on the origin of the Waka Flocka name, and it, apparently it was given to him by his cousin after the Muppets character Fozzie Bear's catchphrase. Waka, 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 oh, waka. Yeah. And the Flock of Flame was given to him by rapper Gucci Mane, who, who is, was his mentor since he was 19. But then apparently they fell out. They had tweef or beef. <laughs> Somebody got shot and robbed at a car wash in Atlanta. That'll fuck up a friendship. Real quick, it, it could. All I know is you don't want to fuck with Gucci Mane. Yeah, no. That nigga is he's the real deal. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of these dudes out here, are studio gangsters and stuff. Gucci Mane ain't one of them. Yeah, he will fuck your shit up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he will ruin your friendship. They, they 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 put a hit out on that nigga. Like th- like three dudes or something came after him. He yeah. took them all out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he is not the one to be fucked with. Yeah. He is the real deal. Wow. <laughs> So. Waka Flocka is a he's an animal advocate. He did a he did a pose for PETA. Well, of course he was named after Fozzie Bear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ink not mink. That was the, the title of his his PETA uh, campaign. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. That answered my question about where his name came from. See, I thought it was I from, wish, wish it was a cooler story, but I, I, I know. Was, <laughs> I thought it was from Pac Man. Like, waka 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 waka. Don't tell me you don't remember Pac Man either. Who? Yeah, shut up. You know Pac Man. <laughs> he's, he's that Filipino boxer. She know, no, no, no. <laughs> you know Charlie Bell was in her room talking about Pac Man fever. <laughs> Pac Man fever is driving me crazy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no. Yeah, Because no. you know she loves centipede. She already said that on the show. Oh, the the uh, Rebe Rebe Jackson, Jackson. Centipede. centipede. <laughs> but that, that was the jam. I like, I like that, that cut was. So, I like that song. Too, she always. So, yeah. I wish you guys could see her every time she does the centipede <laughs> while she sings the song. You got to centipede. <laughs> But I didn't even know it was supposed to be. Like I said, we we really thought that shit was set me free. We were like, 
We thought we were singing an emancipation <laughs> anthem. Like, so, my, yeah, Michael Jackson wrote that song based on what he was hearing from the kids that he had locked in his room. Oh. <laughs> you me know free. what? That's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> no flex. So, <laughs> no flex. <laughs> no flex. <laughs> no flex. So, they know better. They know better. That was cold. I, I can't say set me free, but I can write centipede. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, okay, the best thing about Walk of Like a Flame was the, the um I can tell she really likes the way this dude looks because I've been trying to move on. <laughs> she keeps pulling us back to Waka Waka Flame. Okay, but just actually, I am moving on. But it's she's fun. drawn to that Waka Waka Flame. She wants, <laughs> she wants the Waka like, Waka like Flame, like a, like a moth to the Waka Waka Flame, <laughs> burned by the fire. No, but um, no, the best thing That's to come the out way of love goes. <laughs> That's the best the thing to come out of his career was the fucking um, the spoof that they did off of uh, Hard in the Paint. And it, oh my God, it's a uh, Obama. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have to. After the show, you have to Google it. The okay. shit is hilarious. It's like they got an Obama lookalike, and he's like, I go hard. And anyway, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> what you think? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the head of the motherfucking state, nigga. It's, it's so good. <laughs> he's like, Oprah's my nigga. <laughs> Michelle's my nigga. It's so good. <laughs> it's the best. Oh my god! I can't well, we have to hear the original disres- song first, <laughs> yeah. before we, you know, okay. we can relate to the spoof. No, yeah, that's disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> but hilarious. <laughs> I think Riley's okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you just can't please that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Man, speaking of uh, departed people. And uh, do you guys hear about the? Um, there's a funeral home <laughs> that offers drive-through visitation. Really? Drive by? No, drive-through. <laughs> drive-by is how they got there. All oh, right, that's what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> no, drive-through, drive-through visitation. Mm-hmm. And at first thought, like just reading it or whatever, that sounds like what the you know that's like. But then if you read it, and he's like talking about how you know there's you know people who are you know. Um, challenged mobily right you know disabled um, yeah disabled and whatnot and how it's more convenient and easier for them and then there's some people who are just you know the, they they have a serious phobia oh, of right. going into a, a funeral home a funeral home and it's easier for them to go you know and sit in their car right <clears throat> so the way it works is it looks kind of like similar to a drive-through restaurant um there's you drive through and then the uh there's the sensors in the driveway it uh when it senses the car the weight of the car mm-hmm. the curtains pull back hmm. and then so i guess you have to know ahead of time which which uh window your loved one is in mm-hmm. so you don't just go visit random dead people right <laughs> right but uh yeah once you go there then yeah so yeah so he was talking about how um, would you like to supersize that <laughs> the guy <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about how you know he's the uh you know the the funeral business like any other business is you know they're trying to evolve to, yeah evolve and then coming into and he was saying how he had other ideas about how doing you know doing things um jack-in-the-box corpses digitally 
So like someone who is like bedridden at home, but they can like maybe log on to their computer somewhere mm-hmm. and see the services, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. through uh, through online and sure you know video and stuff, whatever. They do church like that, Why right? Exactly. So I was like, yeah, you know, like I said, at first it sounds you know kind of crazy, but mm-hmm. then when you actually think about it and read, I was like, oh yeah, this this makes sense. It's not really crazy, yeah. not really. Did you guys ever see that that uh, photo of the woman who was uh, basically uh, stuffed? Or it looked like she was stuffed, but she was in her natural environment. She was sitting at a table with uh, some cigarettes. Oh, yeah. And uh, like some, some gin beer. and juice. Yeah. yeah. Some beer, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, kinda... doing, they're doing amazing things with corpses these yeah. days. They're really, it's really stepping yeah, up the corpse they, game. Yeah, they even have a television series. Yeah, you could yeah. do a, <laughs> you, you basically can do a, a corpse diorama instead of, you know, so your loved ones can just. I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you, can, you can recreate Thanksgiving, there. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is the turkey bone that she choked on. <clears throat> yeah, that's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then the Walking Dead actress Shannon Richardson, hmm. this crazy bitch. <laughs> what she do? Now, well, first of all, she's not really a Walking Dead actress. I mean, she's like she probably played a zombie or something. Because mm-hmm. my family, we love that show. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize her at all. So she has some. She was either she was a human that got killed, or she was a zombie or something. Mm-hmm. But she was just a small, you know, yeah, bit player. Yeah, bit player. <clears throat> as she was in pretty much everything on her IMDb page. Apparently, everything in life. But um, <laughs> she decided to send. Rison mm-hmm. to Obama. Obama and President, I mean, uh, and Mayor Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, that was and a- then she blamed it on her husband. This right, right. She was trying. She was trying to frame him. Right. Yeah. She yeah. was trying to blame. She was trying yeah, to this, frame her yeah, husband. Yeah. This was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. She's actually. She got sentenced. Now she pled guilty, and she got sentenced to eighteen years. Yeah. Yeah. As she should. Yeah. That shit is fucking crazy. But I'll say this: it kind of is. Her her existence is like a, a metaphor for The Walking Dead because <laughs> these fucking crazy psycho like people like like zombies they walk amongst us. You never know. You know what I'm saying? Like she's that just true. she's you just going know. around. She's you know so called normal. She's an actress. She's got a career, but she's fucking crazy. She's a psychopath. Yeah, and crazy. you know, and I, I don't know. <clears throat> now now um <clears throat> now was was. Now she was just trying to like get her husband thrown in prison. Right? It sounds that's, like yeah, it sounds like from what I read, it sounds like she only wanted to get her husband, you know, set him up, but she didn't want to actually harm the president, right? The president or the mayor. Bitch, please. Why the fuck? Okay, why would you pick? I, uh, I can't. I can't with this. Well, he, I can't with this. Why? If you want to get your husband set up, why are you going to send it to the fucking president and the mayor? Just send it. Why, why are you dealing with Ryson? You're fucking crazy. <laughs> well, You're yeah, crazy. No, we're not saying that she's not crazy. Yeah, but if it goes to the president, it's going to get noticed, right? And he's he's never going to touch it. I mean, he, I mean, he's never going to touch his own mail. Hmm. They got they got people in the mailroom to die first, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's just. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I'm not saying it's not. I'm, I'm Ricin. Yeah, you know, it's like Ricin Roney. Yeah. ho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sensitive about people threatening our president right now. Did you hear about the fool that ran, got in to the White House, jumped the fence, ran across the lawn, and got into the White House before Secret Service tackled them? They're, they're real lax. How I don't how because when every time I mean exactly I was just there 
Exactly. And I'm there's like snipers all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> that's my fucking point that's my point only on president obama's watch have we heard of security this lax motherfuckers actually getting per, per, well, you know reagan penetrating actually, the perimeter reagan actually got shot yeah but not inside the white house he got shot out in a public appearance yeah. and that's where most assassinations oh, yeah. happen these people got into the white house this mm-hmm. is the second time that they fucking have penetrated the they the 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 White House, it's it's too much. I just feel like somebody is – the fix is in. There's an inside – I feel like there's some an inside player because, like you said, there's snipers. There's too much goddamn security. Mm-hmm. Fuck Google knows everything you're doing every second of your life, and they have two – I've been to the inauguration twice. I, I see what the security level is. When they want to keep a motherfucker safe, they can. This is unacceptable. So, yeah, I'm not really – cool on this endangering the president right now sorry so tell us how you really feel <laughs> Charlie Bell. fuck you fuck your ricin fuck you jumping over the white house fence fuck you break yourself fool fuck the secret <laughs> service i'm like who the fuck is in charge of the secret service the tea party well, are they <laughs> well they got him right they got him inside the white house yeah but they got him right <laughs> Whatever. I mean, if they if they wanted him dead, he'd be dead. If they if everyone was looking the other way, you know. <laughs> please. I don't know. I, I yeah. After just being there, I'd find that curious. I mean, I don't think it's like some kind of conspiracy, but at the same time, I do think it's pretty odd that he made it all the way into, into the, the White House. House. I like, feel like what? when you set foot on the White House lawn, jumping over a fence, you should at least get a tranquilizer dart in the ass. Well, not only that, you at should, least like we were. <clears throat> quite a ways away we were at that that little park across the street from the white house mm-hmm. and even with <clears throat> even within that park they're like just the whole that whole every that whole area it's, downtown dc is they're very you know yeah, yeah you can't even Security's drive no joke. right right yeah. so there was this this kind of a <clears throat> kind of a roundabout mm-hmm. there's like this little it was a walkway that was circular, mm-hmm. right? And the Secret Service and police, for whatever reason, decided that we could only go on one side of it. The only thing that was pretty much separating it was like these little borders they put up. And some people, and this was this is going not going towards the White House, away from the White House. There were some people who walked on the wrong side of that, mm-hmm. and they were like <laughs> tackled. <laughs> They weren't tackled, but they really they they got put in a choke yeah, hole. They they hustled them the fuck back to the other side, right? And they were like, "Oh my god, oh okay, sorry, sorry." Right? Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, like wow, is it that serious? It is, is that serious. Like, like they're it's not that even that motherfucking serious. They're going yes, the other way, and it, yes. all it is is just a little walkway. Yes, it's really nothing. Right. This side is no different than that side, except the fact that you said we can't go on that right. side for but whatever reason. But you leaped across the White House fence. <laughs> Made it all the way across right. the White House lawn and into the o- – first of all, who who left the door open at the goddamn White House? Who in the hell left the gate open? Right. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> woof, 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 woof. Fuck. Yeah, that, that's a more current reference, right? It's like it's only 20 years old. <laughs> 15. 15. Okay. Yeah, 15. Yeah. That's good for you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I feel young again. <laughs> I go hard in the motherfucking paint, nigga. 
can't believe I'm standing for have Waka you, Flocka. On have you guys <laughs> met Jibo? Ugh. I love Jibo. Really? What is Jibo? You scared of Jibo? I feel like so. You're much a luddite. Don't tell me you're a luddite. No, I'm not a luddite. I just feel like look. I if think you're a luddite. People can't even keep nude pictures on their iPhone, and iPhones don't walk around. So I just feel like so much could go Jibo wrong. Jibo doesn't Jibo. walk around. He he does. He, he doesn't he's walk. He's mobile. No, he doesn't. He mo- he's mobile. No, he's not. They, ha- look, look, okay. I'm about to play the Jibo um, commercial. This is your house. This is your car. This is your, your toothbrush. These are your things. But these are the things that matter. Look at and the somewhere screen, Charlie in between Bell. is this hmm? guy. Introducing Jibo, the world's first Jibo can't move. No legs. Say hi, Jibo. No wheels. He's turning hi, all around. Yeah, he's turning around, but <laughs> he's, he's surveilling can't, he can't you. Jibo helps everyone else. He's surveilling you. He's the world's best cameraman. By intelligently tracking the action around him, he can independently take video and photos. See? So that you can put down your camera Creepy. and be a part of the scene. Luddite. Jibo, take the picture. He's a hands-free helper. You can talk to him, and he'll talk to you back, so you don't have to skip a beat. Excuse me, Anne? Yes, Jibo. Melissa, just sent a reminder that she's picking you up in half an hour to go grocery shopping. Thanks, Jibo. He's an entertainer and educator. Through interactive That's applications... That's dope. I want Jibo one now. Let me in, or else I'll... Huh. And I'll... Huh. And I'll blow your house in. That's so creepy. <laughs> hey, where'd you go? There you are. <laughs> He's the closest thing to a real-life teleportation device. He can turn and look at whoever you want with a simple tap of your finger. Check out my turkey dinner, Mom. I wish you wouldn't eat that. Hey, they make turkey pizza? I want turkey pizza. <laughs> and he's a platform, so his skills keep expanding. He'll be able to connect to your home. Welcome home, Eric. Hey, buddy. Can you order some takeout for me? Sure thing. Chinese, as usual? You know me so well. And even be a great wingman. You have a voice message from Ashley. Want to hear it? Absolutely. Hey, call me when you're home. Better make that takeout for two, g Debo can help you get laid? He dreamt of it for years, and now he's finally... That's what I'm talking about. And he's not just an aluminum shell, nor is he just a three-axis motor system. He's not even just a connected device. He's... one of the family. Creepy! Debo is the bomb! Creepy! This message was brought to you by the NSA. Exactly. Exactly. This is how the computers, the rise Jibo. of the computers, this is how the, they start to take, this, this is how the takeover starts. All right, Luddite. Okay, for all of what, you, what if technology you actually fans out there, you. okay, for you fans out there who did not get to see that, um, you can go to our Facebook page, The Shiznit Show, and it will be up by the time you listen to this. But basically, Jibo is a little robot. A little robot. He's a little countertop robot, contrary to what uh, Charlie Bell said. He does not have legs or he wheels. Rotates. Yes, he does rotate. Yes, that's, yes. that's creepy. It's not creepy. It's that called is creepy. It's called uh, technology and advancement. Mm-hmm. It's called the takeover of the computers. 
God. Are you serious right it's gonna now? Be, it's going to be, you th- it starts off as Jibo and then it turns into Django. Watch. That's what's going to happen next. All of a sudden, it's like, Jibo's like, don't you think, do you, do you, do you know, do you need that donut? So it's really. Jibo doesn't think you need that donut. It's really D-Jibo? <laughs> the Jibo. Exactly. Exactly. I have a Dino, don't you think you should be going for a walk right now? Hey, Jeep- fuck you, Jibo. <laughs> Do you really need that third piece of cake? No, call me another prostitute. <laughs> and some takeout. Radio. But I do think we need to make a black one to like keep people in check, like a real just. They a, have a black one. Jibo comes in black. But you know what I mean. An mean a, I mean, an African American. Like, what up, nigga? Exactly. <laughs> like I, I've already, I've already, I, I've already patented. Like I'm, I've already started my process of developing the black Siri. Her name is Shaquiri, <laughs> and she's gonna be like, if you. You know, when you're doing GPS, she'll be like, Nick, I told you to turn left. left. Break yourself, fool. Exactly. <laughs> Break yourself, fool. <laughs> A stereotype for the entire family. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she really will have good advice for you. I could see, like, Danya arguing with Jibo, correcting him. Right. <laughs> No, that's creepy. I don't want any. I don't. I don't need a robot in my house spying on me. I feel like there's enough things surveilling why, why me. Is every, who, are, who are all these people? Why? Why is everybody so narcissistic that just feels like their lives are so worthy of being spied upon? Don't nobody give a fuck about what you're doing. And that's what hurts. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about what I'm doing. He's like, I leaked my own nude photos on the internet. <laughs> And, and they no. gave they gave him back <laughs> with clothes. <laughs> they photoshopped clothes on them. So embarrassing. But like those not the ones I leaked. <laughs> and they photoshopped me in overalls. Not even anything fashionable. <laughs> They're so cruel. I had I had like a water barrel around me. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm surprised. I'm so disappointed in you, Charlie Bell. Are you? Yeah, I didn't know you was a Luddite. I'm not a Luddite. I what just are. What is a Luddite? Somebody afraid of technology. Oh, okay. Charlie yeah. Bell. There's a picture of her saying, I'm a Luddite. <laughs> not. Right in the dictionary. Nope. I love to Look, I'm an early adopter. I like technology, but I do think. Unless it's too good. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's going to spy on your no dates. <laughs> I don't need Jibo spying on my no dates. <laughs> Right. And my pre-dates and my post-dates and no dates. Scandal. <laughs> actually, actually, Gino. You know, like, uh, Charlie Bell, don't you think you better uh, take some condoms with you? Exactly. <laughs> no, it's just a pre-date. Jibo <laughs> says. Jibo uh, says, since when does that matter? Jibo, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Jibo, have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> Dino is a fucking nerd. <laughs> very good, very good. Oh, oh my lord, man! Wow, wow, wow! So, um, <laughs> okay. 
Now this story right here, I thought was very cool, and I wanted to share. It's a it's a tad bit long, but it's worth it. This is uh, let me go ahead and set it up for you. You guys heard of uh, Cheryl Underwood, right? The black comic. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, she's now on the talk, and she recently. AKA the knockoff view. Right, exactly. Broke people's view. (laughs) The black view. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she recently revealed that she had this secret that she'd been hanging on to and that she was she was going to share. Here we go. Okay, here's my secret. In the nineties they had this tour called The Kings of Comedy. And if, if for all of you who know, the Kings of Comedy was Steve Harvey, mm-hmm. Cedric the Entertainer, D.L. Hughley, and Bernie Mac. Mm-hmm. But they decided that they needed to have the Queens of Comedy, mm-hmm. which was Monique, Samora, Adele Givens, and Laura Hayes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been offered a position in the Queens of Comedy, and I turned it down mm-hmm. uh, because I, I wanted to know the details of the deal. And, you know, as comics, Aisha, yes. you know, you want to know the details of the deal. Or are you being put in a position where you're not getting get paid enough? So I was A like, lot of times uh, they'll be they're funny with their money. Right. Yeah. So I was like, go on. That's right. So I was like, go on, do your thing. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. So the Queens of Comedy... Uh, end up making a tape, a uh, concert tape, mm-hmm. concert film. So they became very, very successful. Mm-hmm. And for those of us in the comedy game, especially in urban comedy, you were being questioned, why weren't you a part of... Yeah. <laughs> did you get, did you get those two? Yeah. Why weren't you a part of the Queens of Comedy? Mm-hmm. So I got an opportunity. The producer, uh, Walter Latham, called me and said, there might be an opportunity for you to work with these ladies because, you know, Monique had gone on to get the Parkers. She goes on to win Academy Awards and have a great career. So there was an opening. Mm -hmm. And they were going to tape another uh, comedy concert. So I'm thinking, here's my second chance. It's a great opportunity. I respect these women. And uh, there's a conference call. Mm -hmm. So in my uh, enthusiasm, and I want to be uh, punctual, uh, I dial into this conference call that I think has not started yet, thinking that I'm going to be... Oh, this is so juicy. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to be on time with this call. And I think they're going to put me in queue, because usually if you do a conference call, they put you in queue, and they say, we'll wait until the host arrives. Yeah, so I dial into true. this call, mm-hmm. and what I hear is... And Monique is not on this call. I hear some more Adele Givens and Laura Hayes talking about me. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't take it. What's going to happen? <laughs> Calm your ass, Alicia Tyler. about my appearance. <laughs> I hear discussions about my ability. Why is she going to be a part? What do we need her for? And this is my recollection of this call. And I was uh, startled and hurt. Uh, but... I, I, I have to say this. I, I, I was so shocked and hurt that I could not unmute my phone to go, hey, bitch, I hear you. <laughs> right? You also keep wanting to hear what they were saying. Or did you feel like you wanted to? Hell yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I stayed on all of the call wow. with my phone on. But I thought, take notes. Yeah. Listen, because rarely would we hear 
someone talking about us and saying what they truly feel about us. So I'm like, oh, oh okay, right on. Okay. She's motioning writing with a pen. And, and then... And then a- after I listened to all this, and, and, and I want every woman to hear this, I was bruised, mm-hmm. but I wasn't broken. Yeah. <laughs> you go, girl. So, <laughs> I listened to the entire call. I waited for everybody to click off, and I called Walter Latham, and I said, I don't think this is going to be a great fit for me, mm-hmm. but I hope that these women will go on and do great things. Mm-hmm. To this day, they did not know that I was on this call. Revenge of the dish, best served cold. with Laura Hayes on Beauty Shop after this call. I worked with Adele Givens on Hilarious after this call. I I just saw some more at the Neighborhood Awards in Atlanta after this call because I decided instead of being angry and vengeful, I decided to take the truth of what they're saying and their right to have an opinion and make myself an even better person. And I know you're probably thinking, well, why are you saying it now? Because I'm right where I belong. So I, <clears throat> I thought that was a, a very cool story and, a, you know, with a, a nice little lesson and everything. Mm-hmm. She really took the high road. And not only did she take the high road, but she chose to use it to her advantage. She literally took notes and was like, hey, look, these people are my peers and they have criticisms of me. And she just she took what she thought was you know um stuff that she could work on and make herself better and she did that and never brought it up and she just used that to make herself a better person and make herself a better comic and uh i thought that was uh pretty cool and i always kind of liked her but uh now i really like her Aww. shout out to cheryl underwood Shout out to Cheryl Underwood. Shout out to Blair Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> and Underwood Ham. Deviled Ham. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that's shit. another reference. <laughs> right, right, right. So, well, we, good for her. That's it? Y'all motherfuckers ain't got shit to say about this? <laughs> Charlie Bell's on her phone. Damon's just sitting there staring at the mic. What the fuck? This is a talk show. Let's talk. No, I'm listening. Mean, yeah, you're listening. Let's I talk. Got, I, got, I ain't got nothing to add to it. I mean, yeah. I mean it, was a good, it was a good lesson, you know? You I mean, know, I think it would have been a better story had she said what some of the criticisms were. But I know she was trying to be classy and mm. take the high road. But, um, right. I mean, good for her. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... There's really not a whole lot to say other than, you know, she, she uh, you know, she's, uh, she, she carried on and now she could tell the whole world that, uh, despite what these people thought that, you know, that she, you know, had moved on. See, I really had nothing to say. All right. Let's, <laughs> with that, let's move on to the music and see if y'all niggas got something to say about this shit. <laughs> the shiznit. The shiznit. The shiznit. 
Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. All right, so this week's Back in the Day <clears throat> is about music that we were introduced to by our parents or our older brothers or older sisters or older cousins or whatever. Somebody older said, look, youngster, this is some real music and put us up on game. So with that said, we will start with Damon as always. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that someone physically sat me down and said, this is, then you didn't do what you were supposed to do. <laughs> well no one ever sat me down and said here's some you know uh, uh some music but uh basically i mean it, it, it was music your mama should have raised you better okay. <laughs> uh it's just i i uh i took it i took it to mean that uh music that uh, I was introduced to by older people, um, by my parents, or uh, in th- this case, my. Uh, I chose my parents and my grandparents. Um, uh, you know, when when I was a kid, a lot of a lot of people. Uh, you know, at Christmas time, you hear um, uh, you hear uh, uh, jingle bells and and uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and I heard all that. But uh, what my grandparents did was introduce me to James Brown. With uh, a song called "Santa Claus Comes Straight to the Ghetto," and it's uh, it's you know it's rhythm and blues, uh, dancing on, on the blues, and uh, you know it's just it's it's uh, it's a type of music you know I, when I listen to the blues you know I didn't realize that you know uh, in my grandparents' house this was the type of music I heard all the time. And I think uh, Santa Claus Santa comes straight Claus to the ghetto encapsulates uh, all that type of thing, and it's probably the most identifiable James Brown song. Uh, it's probably the one that I would say introduced me to James Brown. And um, you know, James Brown. It's probably you know they call him the Godfather of Soul for a reason. I mean, you, you don't necessarily know that you're listening to stuff that. He was doing first. Uh, a lot of the funk basically was in- invented by James Brown. Hell yeah! And this was just basically my introduction to funky though. Yeah, I had to. I have to admit that I didn't always get James Brown. Like, well, let me see. How should I put this? Yeah, I guess that's a good way of putting it. I, I didn't. I didn't always get him. Like, like I even asked. I remember asking Conrad. Like. Like, dude, you know, I'm like kind of embarrassed to say, like, but I, I don't understand, like, James Brown. I mean, I, I understand that he's good and this and that. I'm like, but he doesn't have a great voice. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the big deal about him? Like, I really don't get it. Mm-hmm. And he kind of laughed. Well, no, he didn't kind of laugh. He laughed. <laughs> he laughed hard. And, uh, you know, he kind of broke it down and was like, well, it wasn't really, you know, which I suspect because he was more about his music and not so much like his voice right you know and that he was a pioneer like and, and, and a innovator you know mm-hmm. was doing exactly. a lot of stuff first you know but then also too when the movie came out 
And we were discussing the article that the guy wrote about um, uh, writers uh, about lack of, lack of, the lack of black writers on James Brown. Right, right, right. And um, somebody was talking about um, you know James Brown's influence on the on the on uh, the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. the Black Power movement, and the, the I'm black and I'm proud or whatever. Yep. That added a whole other element to it right. that Conrad didn't touch on. Right, the cultural. That I, right, that I never got. That that cleared it up for me like a lot, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay, now I, now I'm really starting to see right. like why." But just think about anything was, funky. Think about any funky music that you like. It wouldn't exist except for James Brown, in, Prince, Funkadelic, uh, yeah, Rick James. Yeah. I mean, anything funky. Yeah. Uh, you know, he 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 brought that funk, that rawness to you know pop music, and you know that was that was new. It was yeah. anything. I feel like what cuts through and what innovates is something that's authentic and something that's new and it's new to the ear. And it, it's like it was just they hadn't heard it before. You know, and one of the things they pointed out in the movie was that uh, every every instrument uh, to James Brown was a different rhythm instrument. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, the saxophone was a rhythm instrument. And the you guitar. know the guitar was mm-hmm. a rhythm, and the bass was a rhythm instrument, and that was something unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie, uh, I don't know if this is, if this happened this way in real life, but the musicians didn't quite get what James was doing. Mm-hmm. He was doing something that was was uh, so unique and so never done before that they kind of was like, well, what what are you, what are you doing? It, mm. it should be like this. He had to bring him along. Yeah, and James, mm. said, how many hit records you got? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, even. See, even <laughs> Even James, I mean, even James Brown's voice. I mean, it's raspy and it's bluesy and uh, it's raw. It's raw, uh, but that was an instrument too. Mm -hmm. And um, you know that you know so you know that's that was the reason I picked that particular song to talk about my introduction to James Brown. Well, good selection. I am a holiday hater. I hate the holidays, (laughs) but to the extent that I try to get into the spirit, like. Mm -hmm definitely that song mm. and just some of the there's a few there's a handful of black you know kind of holiday music Mer- that, merry christmas baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it yeah. yeah ray child it's good mm. so thank you props props to damon song number two uh, my second song uh was uh, uh my introduction to the beatles uh which uh my my dad introduced me to to uh uh, the Beatles. My dad had real eclectic uh, uh, musical taste, and um, you know it, it was kind of difficult because he also introduced me to the Temptations and to uh, uh, Lou Rawls and, and and to people like that. But I, I thought that uh, you know, considering how many people have covered Beatle tunes and how many people have uh, been influenced by the Beatles and how the Beatles have influenced production um, um, in uh, just advances in in, in technology and the music. Uh, where I thought Hey Jude, uh, which was probably the. F- hey Jude, it was it one of the. Um, it was like one of the first songs that, that was released as a single that was longer than two or three minutes. And uh, it was kind of. Uh, it was kind of a song that was written by Paul McCartney. Um, to help uh, Julian Lennon get over the uh, breakup of his mother and father, and um, it's just uh, it's just one of those songs that you know. Like I said, it was the first time I really had heard the Beatles and knew who they were, uh, and 
and uh, I had my dad, my dad, you know, had my dad to thank for that. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah, I would say I, I definitely out of the three, I'm sure I'm the the most uh, narrow in my in my music uh, preferences. And uh, there's a song or two from the Beatles that I think are okay, but I'm definitely not a fan. Yeah. Well, the thing you can say about the Beatles is that because they were so popular, uh, they've influenced uh, 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 everyone um, in, in right. several genres of music. And they've probably been the most covered band um, in the in the world um, as far as popular music goes. Yeah. Um, you know, even this song. This was covered by the Temptations. Uh, I don't even, I don't know who else. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think Lakeside. No, Lakeside did. Uh, I want to hold your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear jazz musicians playing stuff that like just taking this. Uh, to me, our Earth, Wind, and Fire covered uh, "Got to Get You Into My Life," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which to me is like one of the all-time great covers. It was uh, that was a great cover. Yeah, such far, a great song. Yeah, as far as Im- improvement over the, uh, better being better than the original, I'd, I'd say that, and I feel for you are probably my two favorite covers of a, a tune that's like I think is better than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this song goes on forever, so we can yeah. fade it out. Um, <laughs> Way ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> Faded on out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, I uh, uh, another thing is, uh, um, I'm I, I wouldn't call myself a musical theater maven, um, but I, I do I do enjoy uh, some musical theater. And uh, my mother introduced me to West Side Story. Aww. Um, My mom was into musical show <laughs> tunes too. Yeah. I want to live in this lousy world. <laughs> and uh, this particular song, Cool. Get even. Get um, I bust, bust cool. It was uh, like one of their uh, one of the one of the gang members uh, had, uh, had gotten shot. And so uh, it's like, you, you know, they, they want to go fight, and he's like, okay, like you know, the cops are looking for us. We just got to lay low. And it's just about keeping your cool under uh, certain circumstances. But this was the song at that time that I identified with West Side Story. Um, I think uh, when CBS uh, played it on um, the movie of the week, I think that's the first time I saw it. And this was the this was the song they were playing. Juice Boy and. Uh, this particular song is my favorite song from West Side Story. But a lot of people have heard, like, Maria, um, uh, I Feel Pretty. Um, those are some of the uh, quintessential songs from that. And this was like, uh, I think this is, uh, you know, they try to incorporate a lot of jazz into it. Um, it's the, it's the uh, the film that made Rita Moreno a star. Yeah. You know. I just saw her on Tavis Smiley talking about the show. And- oh, yeah. And how, I mean, this was a seminal movie as far as re- representing Latinos, mm-hmm. as far as like bringing, you know, musical theater into a modern mm-hmm. sensibility. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was a great, the music was great. The mm-hmm. plot, it was great. Yeah, they, they even brought in, you know, these were these were poor whites who were fighting against poor Puerto, Puerto Ricans. Ricans. And they even, they brought in even the, uh, the conflict that Puerto Ricans felt about being in America. Mm-hmm. America is one of the songs in there about how, you know, great 
you know how an improvement it is but you know how people long to go home it's like right. things are better here but we're, we're mistreated here right and uh you know it's kind of a dichotomy of of immigrants it's right. like we come here for a better life we have a better life but in some ways it's not so good right and um so yeah west side story is one of the, it was uh one of those musicals that in, encapsulated all, all those uh feelings a good little selection oh thank you Charlie Bell. Yes, sir. Which one are you going to start with? Well, let me, whichever one you start with, let me just preface it. So my dad was a musical fanatic, and I credit him with shaping so much about me, of course, but definitely my musical taste, my aesthetic taste. And as I've got my, I just recently buried my father, and um, the eulogy I delivered was really about, like, the songs that he played for me and the music and the impact it had on us and how many things it represented in our relationship and throughout my life. And so, I mean, I really was going to send about a million songs in, but I only sent a couple. And um, my dad had a den. So my dad was, okay, I'm definitely not a Luddite. My dad was a big, he was a tech guy. He Mm. had, he always had the flyest new shit, right? Like when it was real to real, I mean, we were the first with the Betamax. We were the first, like he was an early adopter, right? Mm. So my dad had a den that was just, and he also started one of the first black radio stations in San Diego that um, played, they did political talk and also music, right? Mm So I'm carrying on that legacy. But, um, (laughs) so Everything, I just, like, his den was a formative experience in my life. Like, I just remember going into the den, and he would play all the records. He had all the jazz. He had all the R&B. He had all the soul. And this shit right here, you could put this on at a party today, and people still turn up. And I recently actually was at a party and saw it actually go down. That is the shit right there. Uh-oh. Mm-mm. So I just remember like having a little dance party in my dad's den and he'd be smoking his pipe and, you know, I didn't know what they were doing in the dark, but I wanted to go do it. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, oh shit, doing it at the dark, oh yeah, oh yeah, hey. So, so this is uh, the Blackbirds, mm-hmm. which was started by Donald Byrd, who was a great jazz musician. Like, and it just represents so much greatness. Like, this whole his whole outfit was tight as fuck. Like, he was kind of like the James Brown of jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he brought the jazz sensibility to pop music. Mm-hmm. It was a huge crossover success, you know. But it was real fucking music, and he made sure that he was like a hardcore disciplinarian. He was a a musical scholar. He's mm-hmm. taught at Howard University, which is where Rock, you know, Rock Creek Park is in D.C., mm-hmm. a famous park in D.C. And um, he taught at my alma mater, Cornell. And um, he's just gone on. So he he was the link between jazz, you know, pop music, and then now hip hop. He's been sampled by, you know, Gangstar, Massive Attack, um, Nas, just mm-hmm. like you name it. And he's just this is great, and this it's lasting music. And I always remind him of my daddy. Yeah. Hanging out in the den. You know, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know that much about this song. I, I, uh, oh, but yeah, yeah. This, this is nice and, and funky. It's, it's like funky. it's a nice little nice little fusion. It's a little groove. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So anyway, that was my first selection. Sound like something we hear on Wonder <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> What's that shit? I don't know what that is. 
I mean, the funky <laughs> flute. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I, I could hear, like, uh, like uh, the Laws, you know, Hubert Laws. Like, mm-hmm. played, yes. Played the uh, flautist. Yep. And, uh, yep. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of guys in the seventies. They had like grooves like this. Yeah, he played with Oliver, and he really um, innovated that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you forgot what your second song was? No, I thought. Oh, oh, I I didn't didn't know what the. Okay, I'm supposed to uh, introduce my own shit. So the next song. (laughs) Yeah. You could start it and then okay. Anyway, so the next selection, which also is a is a Dan memory, was um, just Stevie Wonder. I mean, one of the greats of the seventy. I mean, who doesn't love Stevie Wonder? Another musical genius who was totally prolific. <laughs> and this song, Black Man. I mean, I just remember being a little kid mm-hmm. and just the shit was blowing my mind. Like I went to an all white school. And even though I was subjected to, like, a lot of racist teachers and fucking bullshit, you don't hear about, especially when we were growing up, there really wasn't a lot of black history, you know, taught, especially, like, in a white area. Maybe up here in L.A. it was, but not where I grew up. And so it just gave me, like, a strong sense. Like, I knew that no matter what I was being taught in school, like... I had a history, mm-hmm. you know, I could claim, I knew that, you know, you couldn't um, minimize the contributions of anybody, mm-hmm. and, like, he put it to a funky beat, and yeah. it was like, he was really giving, you know, some his- history lessons, and and yeah. it really, like, it shit is still, it's a good groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this, uh, this particular album, I think, I think Stevie Wonder had, like, a, a, a streak of, like, Genius. Uh, well, he, yeah. uh, Grammy wins. Yeah, and but still, that's still the te- classics. They're yeah, classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Songs in the key of life. Inner visions. Mm-hmm. Music yes. of my mind. Yes. Uh, this song, this particular, this this song from this particular album, "Songs in the Key of Life." Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like the the third Grammy. Yes. And I, the, it, it was like the only reason Stevie Wonder didn't win a Grammy the previous year mm-hmm. was because he didn't. Because he was still making songs in the key of life, right? And I think I think Paul Simon won that year for best album, and mm-hmm. he the first thing he did was thank Stevie Wonder for not making an album, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But Steve, yeah. But Stevie Wonder was was uh, he he you know uh, I think the song um, that uh, uh, oh god who, who's the guy Coolio covered uh, uh, yeah uh, pastime uh, pastime paradise yeah that's that's on this album as well. Yeah. Yeah, so many great songs on this album, but this one is just—I just remember, like my dad. It was just like this was his way of teaching. He would just mm-hmm. expose me to everything, you know, and it just—it made an impression. Yeah, it's a good song for kids, uh, uh, you know, and it's just a good song. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. it's a great song, a great album, and a great artist, and it really informed, you know, my understanding of art could be and should be, which is, you know, both funky and and its own. And you can learn from it. Yes. Yeah. And it's part of, it's connected to yeah. our history. It's yeah. connected to our culture. It's mm-hmm. connected to politics. I mean, that was, he put that out there. I mean, he was always the conscience of black America, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, so thanks, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stevie is, um, for me, Stevie goes all the way from, eh, songs. He's got songs that I don't care for at all to songs uh, or a couple songs I really like, and then everything in between. So I'm not, 
yeah, you said who doesn't love Stevie? I don't love Stevie. I like him. You know, um, I recognize he is a musical genius. I recognize his contributions. Just most of his songs just don't do it for me. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, um, isn't she lovely? I, I, lo- I love that song. Um, that's definitely my probably my favorite Stevie Wonder song. And um, yeah, I'm, I just not not a big. St- I prefer Ray Charles, no. the other blind guy. <laughs> well, Stevie was the evolution yeah. of Ray Charles. You know, yeah. he was the next iteration of that. Yeah, like I said, I recognize all that. Yeah. Just, I just his music just don't do it for me. Most yeah. most songs like you wasn't exposed. Like this one, <laughs> I was exposed. I just wasn't feeling it. Well, Steve, yeah, <laughs> Stevie was a was an auteur. Um and I, to me, he reminds me of like he was the predecessor of Prince. Absolutely. As far as a guy who could sit in, can play, could play most of the instruments, or yeah. at least he could he could play all the parts that the instruments would fill right. in. And, and he and he had a vision. Yeah, and inner visions. That's another one. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, and you know he could you know that, uh, have you ever seen like him playing drums uh, you know on YouTube? Um, uh, he just yeah. He, um, Yes. Even uh, I think he did. He did like a, a, in one of his concerts, doing stuff with Prince and, and Sheila. And oh his, yes, you know. Yep. It's uh, yeah. He, he's phenomenal. He's great. Phenomenal woman. <laughs> <laughs> Was he? <laughs> phenomenal artist. So yeah, I had a little stroll down memory lane. Okay. So now it's time for Dino. Now it's time for some music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start with my mom, my dear old mother. Shout out to mommy. Um, Like a lot of couples or at least black couples. I'm not sure if white couples and other couples do this, but I know it's a common thing in the black community. How couples have a song. Yeah. So this, this song that I'm, it, introduced to this is um my parent was my parents song right the four tops and uh it's called i can't help myself but most people call it sugar pie honey punch (laughs) sugar pie honey bunch and uh this was their song and uh, one of their introductions uh for me to motown Yeah, my my parents um, were Christians. My my dad was a preacher, and uh, he he was a pretty strict preacher, and he wasn't into secular music. But for some reason, he couldn't bring himself to he couldn't bring himself to get rid of his all his old Motown records and whatnot. Aww. he didn't play them uh, generally. He had them stowed away in the back of the closet. <laughs> In case he ever backslid, right? <laughs> Just keeping him in reserve. And every now and then, he'd break them out, you know. Yeah. During a special occasion or after like a, a you know, like a holiday or something, mm-hmm. he'd be in the right mood or whatever. And I'd try to, Dad, Motown? Dad. You know, I'd kind of coerce him <laughs> into playing some Motown. 
That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to hear this as the devil's music. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would make me want to go to hell. <laughs> I feel like, I like I, this is what they playing in the devil. This is devil's music. I'm going straight to hell. Then. <laughs> I like a party. Isn't it funny how the devil's music was always like the good music? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Everything the devil got is good. Yeah. Devil, <laughs> devil's food cake. Yeah. <laughs> Sex. Devilishly good looking. Deviled eggs. Deviled eggs. <laughs> Devil in blue dress. Right. Yeah. That's right. You know what's funny is like I'm not a big Motown. So the way you feel about Stevie Wonder, that's how I feel about Motown. I mean, it's ironically, part- Stevie Wonder was made right. part of Motown. He was, <laughs> right. he was, he was, but he like, he changed. You know, he diverged artistically. But to me, a lot of the Motown doesn't hold up. It's it it was pop music for its day. It was very corny, and it doesn't hold up to me. I mean, I get it. It was it was black pop music, which was a new thing, and mm-hmm. it wasn't. You know, it it melded. You know, R and B and some of that. But to me, it just it doesn't well, hold up. It, it made it made uh, it made uh, rhythm and blues listenable pop. to a, it made to, a white, pop. to a broader audience. Yeah, and crossed it over. Yeah. And, you know what? That's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Said the king of disrespect. I know. <laughs> Who just called it the devil's music? That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my opinion. That was my daddy's opinion. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, this man right here. My dad put me on too, and uh, wow. And if you tell me that this shit don't hold up, there's something wrong with you. The suspense is killing me. Oh, yeah. This yeah. holds up. <laughs> yes, it does. This holds up. Every singer, yes. male or female, that calls themselves a real singer Try, sings this tries song. To right. sing it. <laughs> tries to right. sing it. Tissue, Dino. Oh, I'm just Tito, you know what? This this song right here will bring tears to your eyes. No, I was just gonna say it's one of those songs that elicits a res- uh, a physical every time. Well, yes. not every time. Yeah, but no. it doesn't take much for me to hear this song, and I get this lump in my throat. Oh yes, <laughs> you know, Hell and yeah. then the, my eyes start. You know, yeah. Oh man, yeah. this song. Yes, this song right classic. here. Classic. Classic. All right. Mm. And you know what? I'm like really picky about this song. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, everybody's done it. Patty LaBelle, everybody. Right. And I tend not to like the other professionals that do it uh, because the professionals that do it, they put their own spin on it. Right. Even though they don't change it that much. Right. I don't like them to change it at all. Well, there's certain key things like when he when he starts off as I'm born by the river right. and the, the long the born. Right. Don't cut that short. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't don't do this. I just I like it first, just the way he yes. just the way he does. First it. of all, this man has one of the most soulful voices of anyone that was ever born on this planet. Okay. Yeah. You can't fuck with his voice. Yeah. And he brought that soul. I mean, you never. He brought that shit straight from church to you know to America, and you ha- and then to know also. What he was talking about, like he really was expressing the struggle of what black Americans were going through at this time. And it's so meaningful to us as a people. It's a beautiful song. I mean, he really fucking brought you to church. And I agree. I'm very picky about who who covers this song and in what context it's been used. It's been used in tons of movies. It was used in The Butler. I wasn't really feeling that. But 
when Malcolm X, when Spike Lee used it in Malcolm X, oh, nigga, I yeah. fell out. I was crying. Yeah. When you knew, you saw, he used this in the scene where Malcolm X was walking to the Audubon Ballroom, and you, he knew, he knew he was, yeah. you know, but yeah. man. I generally, the amateurs, and my, the amateurs that are super talented that got the voice to pull this song off, right. generally do the best to me because they don't change it. Right. Like, there's this little nappy head boy on um, <laughs> YouTube. Just a little nappy head boy, like right. like twelve or something, right? Thirteen, right? And a and a wife beater and, and some tan pants, right? And in like a kitchen or someplace where right. he got some little acoust- acoustics or whatever going, yeah. And singing the fuck out of this song, yes. You know, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes, yes. And uh, yes, yeah. This all right. Um, this is Sam Cooke, right? Yes, yes. it is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you for saying that because I <laughs> never did say it. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought everybody just knew. You know? Oh thought my you god, knew. that song, that song right there. Yes, <sighs> soulful. Damn. He he. You look up soulful voice in the dictionary. It's him, Bobby Womack, and a couple other people, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, my dad. He introduced me to him. He dug he dug out some Sam Cooke albums and. Man, and then yeah. but this song out of all the Sam Cooke songs, yeah, that's the one. That's that one. That's the one. All right. And then we, last but not least, I think we're unanimous on that one. <laughs> last but not least is uh, my big bro, my big brother Daryl. Um, now he put me on. What about not, your other brother Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> nice reference. Thank you. Thought you feel that. <laughs> Knew you'd appreciate that ancient eighties reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, now he didn't put me on to this artist in particular but he did put me on to blues music which led me you know to discover this this guy because you know without him well you know well my brother he really put me on to B.B. King mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. That's, he really loves B.B. King he, he likes this guy too mm-hmm. but B.B. King was his man mm-hmm. and that's what he put me on and I like B.B. too I mean, BB is cool. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody loves me but my mama, <laughs> and she could be jiving too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> he told you. He said the thrill is gone. He said you gotta go. <laughs> the thrill is gone. Oh, but without this gentleman, be no BB. Oh yeah. The one and only Muddy Waters. Manish boy. Everything gonna be alright this morning. That's why I was like, yeah, fuck it. If you ain't 50, don't even play this show. <laughs> Unless you want some musical history. But you know, this is this is the shit that the modern stuff grew out of. Yes. It if, did. If you if you if you under fifty, you need to be listening. Well, shit. <laughs> uh, apparently, the the people under fifty that are listening to this are the white kids. Because if you listen to the Black Keys and you know and the White Stripes, that all they're doing is stealing right the fuck off of this. Like it's well, not even. You well, know. well, the the Rolling Stones they took their name from from a Muddy Waters song. Right. right. You know? Well, he says that in this song. Oh, right. he does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a man. We gonna spell it for you. <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> man. Oh, child. 
Yeah, I actually have a, a a blues channel on my Pandora. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I like blues. Yeah, I do. I, 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 I can take it or leave it. I mostly leave it because blues is pretty much black people country music, which is okay because we were from the country. But you know, it's not really my taste. However, what I can say about Muddy Waters. And B.B. King and a handful of other blues artists is that it's just like anything. Anything that's really authentic, anything that's really genuine, it'll cut through. You know what I mean? Well, this is the this is the father of all modern music, though. Right. So, right. I mean, they're, they're rock and roll, country, right. hip-hop, all jazz, B.B. King, James Brown, all that shit started right here. Right. I get it. I get it. It's part of the DNA. Yeah. I get it. Like, this, yeah, this is the godfather of all that shit. <laughs> well, the blues. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, thank you, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Good looking out. Yeah. Good looking yeah, like out, bro. I said, that's that's all I ever listened to. When I, I mean, not all I ever listened to, but I mean, in my grandparents' house, this is the stuff they played. What, yeah. yeah. You know, they played they played the blues. That's uh. You know that's that's, that's as, as uh, what it what it uh, um, I think uh, W. E. B. Du Bois called it the uh, soul of black folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it, it's in you know like Dino just said it's it's American popular music is all rooted in the blues, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know that it was it was kind of funny because I remember in the Ray Charles movie they they talked about uh, that Ray Charles was was incorporating go- combining gospel with the blues mm-hmm. and that's what made it devil music you know? yeah 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 <laughs> you know that's what made it good yeah. that's what made it sound good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it was yeah. funky though yeah uh, yeah uh, God there was a there was a monologue um, from a Dutchman um, by Amiri Baraka mm, right 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 the play yeah. And there's a there's a for those of you who don't know the, the the Dutchman takes place on a subway train and basically a white girl is trying to seduce a black man. And that never happens. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, this this was more like a metaphor for uh, the white uh, devil. Well, I, I, I'd say uh, uh, black middle class aspirations, and she that's what she represented. <laughs> All right, and um, you know she's talking. You know she's telling him that you know uh start naming all these blues artists and stuff and saying that you know well you're not you're not listening to this you're not listening to that mm-hmm. and then at the end he's like he's like fuck you you don't know bird you don't know uh you don't know blues you don't know the belly rub you don't mm-hmm. know you know mm-hmm. you don't know you don't know you don't know the pain that mm-hmm. went in to making the blues right you can listen to the music, uh-huh. but you don't understand. It's not in your DNA, right? You know, even though we hadn't, just, they didn't know anything about DNA in that play. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know that's 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 what it is. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's the soil from right. from which the, yeah the roots from you know everything, it's roots music. It's American every, roots music. We listen yeah. to it is absolutely, absolutely. Well, this was a good little. Uh, Musical lesson, little stroll down memory lane. But okay, but seriously, like you would think we're all fifty million years old based on our musical selections. But I think also the point is that this is music connects us right to our right. elders and to our culture and to our where we come from. So well, yeah, it was well the 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 idea of it was the stuff that our parents right right. But to, I'm just so. like pointing that out, like you know, it's like it's that's what makes it that's part of the emotional yeah. resonance of of when we go back and hear this music too. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody say I remember way back when And everybody say I remember way back when And everybody say I remember
What were you, you were saying, Damon? Oh, uh, nothing. I, I, I was I was just gonna say that uh, you know it's not it's not even necessarily music that we would listen to today. Today, right. it's just it's what it's what put us right on our road. Mm-hmm. It's you know exactly. Yeah. Yep. True that. True that. So be careful what Pandora you put around put on around baby girl because she gonna remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. I guess we're about to wrap up then. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, with that, um, oh, shout out to, shout out to my boy, Latone Hart, aka the Black Dick Dark. <laughs> Black Dick Clark? Yeah, that's what I was saying. The Black Dick Clark. Dick I like Dark. it better the first way. Like you a said por- it. I sound like a porn star. It does. Black Dick Dark. I know. I was like, hey. What are you talking about banging your mom in the park and all this other kind yeah. of stuff? You know? Maybe he is a porn star. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the 730 show. You guys wanted this the funniest podcast out. Um, it's, I call it the funniest podcast on earth. So, you know, look him up. He's on iTunes and Stitcher. Man, it's hilarious. His show is is funny and fast paced. It's his show is generally somewhere between at the least twenty minutes and usually at the most forty forty five. Sometimes he tops out at an hour, but generally they're like between like thirty forty five minutes, something like that. And uh, yeah, he calls it pop culture from the dark side. And, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, he's he's funny. He's a funny cat, and he's got a great show. And it's my boy. Even though he was on the show uh, um, talking about light skin uh, brothers on the last show, but don't hate, don't hate Latone <laughs> because you know come out. He was talking about uh, uh, 2014 is the year of light skin black nigga. Don't you know every year, every decade, every minute belongs to light skin man? You better recognize. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like remember those remember a few shows ago when we were talking about all those uh dirty people that make less than uh 60k a year. Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> the, the, the 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 people who make less than 60 you remember from the uh the tenement in uh oh. in New York oh, City? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, y'all, y'all act like I was the only one here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we just needed our memories. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you, sometimes you come at the reference through the back door, so to speak. <laughs> you know, some of us darker folks don't always, you know, remember know. things. We're not on team hey. light skin. Sorry. So um, Sorry. So yeah, so it's under 60k and lighter than a paper or darker than a paper bag. Yeah. Right. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. Next week. I don't endorse it, <laughs> listeners. I'm not for this. Next week is. I the, dissociate myself from these comments. Next week is the Dino Red solo hour. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Darkies need not apply. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but anyway, that's my boy. I love him. <laughs> All right, um, and we used to love you. <laughs> So you came with all that high yellow bullshit. I can't help it if y'all, you know. What? What? If we you, maintained our you know. connection to the motherland? Well, 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 you know, Charlie, at least you north of 60K. <laughs> so at least that. Oh, okay. So you could be dark, so you, or, you, you be dark or broke, but not both. <laughs> So you ain't half bad. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. And this is what's wrong with America, sir. <laughs> so wrong. 
All right. <laughs> well, that's it. Thanks for checking us out. Listen to another episode of the Shiznit Show. We will see you all next time. Holla at your boy. From all of our crew to listeners like you, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail and make it sexy at 424-261-4878. This has been... The Shiznit. 7.30. Come experience pop, pop, pop culture from the dark side. On the 7.30 show with me, Latoma. Oh, I, I need my cigars on this. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, Betamax, and VHS. Yo, what's up with your boy? I'm just a man with a fork and a world full of soup. No, I don't need no damn medicine. Latone Hart. He may need medicine. Check me out on the 730 Show podcast.